0: If you're looking for two win-a-league wide receivers in that 3.1 to 3.5 range, if you're looking to grab your first wide receiver late in your draft, your, your plan of attack is to go running back, running back, or running back Patrick Mahomes, and you want to you wanna grab that crafty end of the wide receiver ones that can definitely ball out as good as any of them, the surprise breakout wide receivers. I've got two for you right now. You're listening to the Fantasy Football Show. The two wide receivers that have that win-a-league potential at 3.1 to 3.5, 3.6, 3.7, Kenny Galladay and Mike Evans. Both of these guys are capable of being top five wide receivers in fantasy. You heard me right. Kenny Galladay has that kind of talent. He's got Matt Stafford back. And Galladay proved that he could survive with a carousel of QB garbage and still thrive. As I mentioned on my YouTube show, if you want more of this, watch my latest YouTube video. I talk about this and I say, Kenny Galladay, imagine what he can do with a full season of Matt Stafford. Because without Matt Stafford, He's still able to ball out, to be an absolute beast. He is situation-proof. He is QB-proof, or lack thereof. He is one of those wide receivers. You know who's not? Let me give you an example, because if you're sitting there saying, well, every, Q, every good wide receiver can find a way to eat. Not true. Not every wide receiver can find a way to eat, no matter what's happening with the offense and the quarterback position. I'll give you an example. Amari Cooper. Very good wide receiver with Dak Prescott. You take Dak Prescott away, Amari Cooper needs to have the football delivered to him a certain way. Galladay will go up and get a 50-50 ball better than almost anybody in the NFL. Galladay will find his own way. Galladay will make his own meals. And I think that you could say the same thing about Evans in a lot of ways, but Galladay is on the verge, in my opinion, of being a top five to at least top five to seven wide receiver in 2020. But totally, totally capable of top five wide receiver numbers would not shock me one single bit if he was in the top five. Not at all. Not at all. Now, Evans, you could apply most of everything of what I just said to Evans. But Evans is in an ideal situation. And I will admit I thought Godwin Godwin was starting to become the better wide receiver of the two in, in my opinion. I wasn't always on that that train. I was a big advocate of Evans probably being the number one with Brady. I, I was thinking that way in January, and I started to slip into the Tom Brady loves his slot wide receiver. Godwin's gonna benefit most mentality because let's be honest, you hear it all over the place. You read it, you you hear it from trusted sources. You know, I have sources I listen to, just like you listen to me or other people, I listen to people. That's the nature of information gathering. And and I, I look back sometimes, I'm just being honest, and I'm like, how did I fall victim to that? And and let's not dramatize it. Victim is what? Godwin's a top five to seven to five uh five uh six to ten wide receiver, probably in a worst case scenario, maybe six to twelve. And Evans' is top, you know, four to six. Like, there's no victims here. You you own either of these guys, you're going to be getting a ton of fantasy points, and you're getting yourself a wide receiver one. They are both wide receiver ones in my book. Both of them. Both of them. One will probably be a little more high end than the other. Um, They could rotate. I suppose they both could be like number seven and eight because they just keep taking from each other. Sure, it's possible. But I think one's four to six. I think the other seven to, let's say seven to nine. Those are two damn good wide receivers. And Tom Brady's going to do enough cooking in the kitchen to feed both of these young men top seven to nine or four to nine wide receiver numbers in 2020. Tom Brady's going to ball out. Tom Brady's going to be a top five quarterback in 2020. How could he not? with mike evans and godwin uh, catching the football from him how could tom brady not be a top five quarterback i scratch my head and ask that question out loud every single day i wake up and say why why are people not valuing tom brady thank you is is the next word two words out of my mouth thank and you because I'm, I'm, I'm actually excited about it, but it still, it still bothers me for some reason, even though it's advantageous to me, to my followers. If you follow me at all, you know this already. You know that I'm all over Tom Brady in 2020, and I think he's a top-five quarterback. And, and And when people don't have him in their top-five, or at least top-seven, or if you have somebody say, oh, he's too old, noodle arm, <laughs> it makes me laugh. Look at Winston! Winston's not that good of a quarterback! He's top 5. In that offense he's top 5. Tom Brady as long as he's breathing and has a pulse will do well in this Arians attack that throws the football so before history is written. It's played. It's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Oh, freaking much. I don't understand it at all. Tom Brady is going to ball out. Tom Brady is going to be a machine in 2020. Tom Brady is going to win leagues for people at his seventh and eighth round value. I don't understand at all. And what that means to me, because that's that's at the core of it, Tom Brady. Arians, that offense, at the core of it, Tom Brady's going to ball. And that means that Evans and Godwin will be the benefactors of that. We already know that these two are proven commodities capable of top seven wide receiver numbers at the same time, capable of coexisting. And Evans is the thousand yard receiver, consistent machine. Evans is going to, in my opinion, be the 50, 50, go up and get a ball player that Tom Brady needs at this point in his career where he's wiser, smarter, more capable of winning And still got a decent enough arm. I've seen it. Watch the footage if you are repeating what people are saying to you. You're regurgitating the crap that people say. He's got a noodle arm. Got a noodle arm. People saying that, don't watch the film. People saying that, heard it from someone else. Tom Brady is going to deliver the football fine. He may have a weaker arm, but he's smarter. He's wiser. The offense is, is set to have him producing Elite numbers, regardless of regression and, and skill. He's got Gronk back there playing catch in the end zone. Even if he's, let's say, limited at times between, I don't know, the 20s, the, the 40s. Let's say they limit him a little bit. He's going to be the red zone target. There's a, there's a chance that Gronk has 12 TDs in 2020. Even limited. Even if he has seven or 800 yards and isn't a yardage monster, he could have 12 touchdowns. And people that say Gronk can't, it's just as risky to predict Gronk can't than it is to predict Gronk can. There's literally no evidence on either side that suggests that Gronk will get hurt. There's There's historical, sure, trending that this guy has been banged up, back surgeries, elbow brace. Everyone's worried about him getting banged up, but there's zero, zero, zero evidence to suggest that he can't, that he isn't somehow rested, which is what a lot of people are claiming, including his coaching staff himself. A lot of people closer to the situation than you and I or Joe over here predicting this crap or Bill over here predicting that crap. Everybody speculating, yes, I get it, injury history in his past, but Gronk is healthy. Gronk is walking in healthy. He's not walking in with a worry or a concern or a potential back surgery that's needed. He's walking in healthy. He rested his body. There's zero evidence on either side right now. It's it's like a, I think, a wonderful, wonderful bet, a great hand to play. And people are going to call call this man's bluff, and he's going to drop a big season, I think, at least in the touchdown department. Let's say he plays 13, 14 games. He can still have 10-plus TDs playing catch with his best friend in the backyard. So, you know, doubt Gronk all you want, doubt Brady all you want, doubt Evans all you want, doubt Godwin. Are you listening to yourself? If you're doubting this, are you listening to yourself? Are you listening to me? Because I just read off. An insane amount of talent, an insane amount of talent that virtually any healthy quarterback would be able to unleash loads because of, I don't understand. Somebody explain it to me. I need to open up the the phone line so somebody can explain it to me because I need it explained Somebody fantasy explain me because I'm real confused right now how I'm the only one talking about this. I'm confused how I'm the only one in the fantasy industry that says go draft Brady, Godwin, and Evans on the same team. I'm the only one in the industry saying this won't bite you like other situations like that could. I'm the only one saying that Gronk, Brady, and Evans, and Godwin can all live on one fantasy team and not cost you a bunch of weeks because the Bucks struggle. The Bucks won't struggle very often at all because even when they lose, they'll pass. When they win, they'll pass. It's Arians. He will light it up. He'll throw the football constantly. Brady, and yes, oh, I can hear it now, but if they're more efficient, they'll be on the field less. Guess what? That makes defenses tired. Guess what? Brady makes defenses better in practice. Does anybody wonder why the Patriots were so under the radar? Nobody really knew how good that that defense was going to be last year, and they were way better than people anticipated. Does anybody ever talk about the fact that it could be Tom Brady, this defense facing Tom Brady week in and week out in practice, that that might not make them just an, an edge better? I I think that the defense is gonna be improved. I think Tom Brady's scoring is gonna wear defenses out. They'll be back on the field. It's, it's all it's all just a give and a take, pushing things around. This offense will be scoring early and often. There'll be very few down weeks. And when people give me the bye week complaint, what about the bye week if you own Brady? Average Godwin, bet you didn't think of that one. I could give two shits about bye weeks. In fact, I prefer it all at once. Why not lose one week and maybe not even lose it? And I'll explain that in a second. But why not lose one week instead of bleeding out three or four or five weeks? It makes zero sense what you say if you're the person saying. What about the bye weeks, Mitty? Give me the buy. Give me all of them at once. Not to mention, do you understand the type of build that I'm suggesting? Do you understand that I'm saying Brady, Godwin, Evans? Think about that for a second. What's that cost you? Not your first rounder, not your fourth rounder, your second, your third, and your eighth? Are you really going to lose your week or your season? because of a couple up and down games by the Bucks or because of a bye week by the Bucks? No. If you draft Barkley at number 2, you draft Godwin at the end of round 2. I'm sorry, you draft Barkley number 2, Godwin at the end of round 2. Evans at the top of 3, AJ Brown, Kareem Hunt, Moster, whoever you want to throw into your lineup next to Barkley. With that fourth round pick, which has a lot to pick from for running backs, Hunt's a great option. Mostert's a, a sneaky option. Ingram, and then grab J.K. later. You're telling me that you're gonna lose your season because up a couple a couple down weeks by the Bucks? No. People that say that they hear Brady, Godwin, Evans, and they think all oh, your picks are invested in this in this trio. No, they're not. My first rounder's not. My fourth rounder's not. My sixth. My seventh. You have so much talent on your team still, other than these. That's what's so amazing about this build. That's why this build is my favorite build probably in the last 10 years. It's starting to become my favorite way to build because it still leaves leaves your first rounder alone. It leaves your fourth rounder alone. It leaves your fifth, your sixth, and your seventh rounders alone. You can own Tom Brady, Godwin, and Evans. And still have your first rounder Barkley or Camara or Elliott. And still have your fourth rounder, Hunt, AJ Brown, Mostert, or Ingram, or whoever you want at running back. You still have your fifth rounder. You can have DK Metcalf or Chark. Your sixth and seventh rounder, McLaurin and and uh, or Hollywood Brown. I've had two or three people in the last, like, 35 minutes on my YouTube comments or on, on Instagram message me and say, I don't see how you can expect a win with Godwin, Evans, and Brady. And then all of them made either another comment or messaged me again and said, you know what? I didn't really look at the entire team. That team is absolute fire. Every single person that DM me on that or put a comment on YouTube in the last – Few minutes that I've seen, there's been a couple of them. They immediately recanted because their initial knee jerk reaction was Smitty, you can't win with just those three. They didn't understand what I was even saying. They immediately knee jerk reacted to that, meaning that you spend all your picks on these guys. They aren't thinking about the first rounder, they aren't thinking about Elliot that's still on your roster. They aren't thinking about A.J. Brown or Hunt or Mostert. Think about that team. Brady, Barkley, A.J. Brown, Godwin, Evans, Mostert, Gronk. Throw Gronk in there. That team is a championship team if I've ever seen one. Now go build it. You're listening to the Fantasy Football Show.